Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Andy Gresh, Christian Arcade, and Mike Cadlick. Now, WEEI Football Sunday. So I guess as we start this WEEI Football Sunday, we're supposed to be talking about a a head coach slash GM who may or may not be fired, whether one of the biggest pop stars in the world today will be at Gillette Stadium. Oh, and there's a football game to be played as there well, Arcan. There is a game. There is a game a to game be played. A game that was flexed. A game that should have been tomorrow night, but is now today, is uh, going to be taking place, kicking off here in just about three hours. Listen, the closer we get to Christmas, the <laughs> the more just move them to Sundays. It's You know what's crazy is it, it, you do shows like these, and for about 20 years it's been... Well, let's talk about the playoff scenarios. We get to talk about, uh, you know, will they get the bye? Will they not get the bye? All that kind of stuff. Who could they match up against on the road? And then this year it is much more about, I don't know, whether the the coach is or isn't moving along. And good Lord, there's a big discussion on that. And, hell, I was even even told by someone two weeks ago the plan was in place for Taylor Swift – it used to be for Brittany and uh, Brittany Mahomes and uh, and the stupid brother who would do right. all the Instagram videos. And yet the Instagram idiot brother Mahomes hasn't done anything with Taylor Swift yet. So who knows? Maybe there'll be an incident at Gillette today, but they will play a football game. His brand game. took a bit of a hit with that whole situation he oh, was in. Oh, there's you know? no question. Yeah, Taylor, I don't think Taylor's trying to be part of his content. At this I wouldn't. Point, I right? wouldn't think so. And yeah. she does a pretty good job of kind of uh, snaking her way through all these back ways and going through, I don't know, kitchens or whatnot. But uh, I have little faith in the Patriots in getting a win today. And I understand that that this is not as they would say, your father's Kansas City Chiefs. And they they haven't been completely stellar offensively, but they still come in with a great quarterback, a great tight end. And for me, Arkan, it's more about Chris Jones than anything else because the interior defensive tackles at times have sort of wrecked things this year for the Patriots. And Chris Jones is maybe just under Aaron Donald in terms of an interior defensive line. Yeah, he's uh, very good and a guy that uh, knew his worth at the beginning of the year, which we'll talk about later when we get to our scouting report at 1120. But I think, yeah, you're going to get you're going to get a little bit of a dose of reality here, I think, for uh, for the Patriots in the sense that you looked great against Mitch Trubisky until the second half when he actually started rolling and got in the end zone a couple of times. I thought that 
while Bailey Zappi's first half was overrated a little bit, I think uh, no one really talked about the defense kind of letting Pittsburgh back in that game mm-hmm. in the second half, which is something I didn't love. And I feel like Patrick Mahomes is going to take a little bit more advantage of than maybe someone like Mitch Trubisky. So that's something to keep in mind. And really, it's just here's a, here's a team that's desperate for a win. The Patriots aren't desperate for anything right now. The Patriots are spoilers. The Patriots can play that role and sort of, you know, go in there and try and ruin things for teams like the Chiefs. I mean, listen, this is a team. They got the Broncos coming up. They're reeling right now, too. They're catching some of these teams at a pretty good time. But the Chiefs right now are a team that's been there before, that knows how to regroup, that knows how to win, that knows, you know, the importance of games like this and, you know, the number one seed and all that other stuff. And I just have a feeling that it's going to be a get-right game for them. The uh, Patriots are going to be on their heels. And really, Gresh, like, that's fine with me. Like, I have no problem with the Patriots going out there, giving an effort, and losing this game. I actually think that's kind of the optimum situation because you're not going to hurt your draft standing. You're showing that you're giving the fans something to watch. You know, like, it's not going to be this dreadful thing that we were watching for weeks and weeks where they couldn't score any touchdowns. Like, I'm kind of okay with that. If they give a good effort and lose the game... I don't think I or anybody else is going to be really all that upset about it. Don't become the Chargers on Tuesday or Thursday night football. That's yeah, what. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, that's the and boy, that is something that uh, that we can uh, unpack there. But you're right, and I'm just looking at the Chiefs' schedule this year. Like they lost on opening day to the Lions by one, and their losses have been to the Broncos, the Eagles, the Packers, and the Bills. Now yep. you can say the Packers are mid, and they've been sort of up and down this year. Uh, I say know that about that, the Bills too. Yeah. You know, yeah. exactly. And Denver, um, good, not great. Good defensively. I mean, they held Kansas City at one point to nine points mm. in getting that 24-9 to nine win. And I use that as a point of, like, Kansas City has not fallen to the point to where they're losing to teams like, uh, you know, the Bears or the Jets or the Vikings or the Chargers. They're still kind of beating those sort of teams. And it sets up for the next couple of weeks for Kansas City. And, Arkan, you mentioned this could be a get-right game for them. Yeah, They go New England, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Chargers. So for Kansas City to get on a little bit of a hot streak here, it's all in front of them. But they're going to need some help to get the number one seed in the AFC. So that's why they can't have a misstep today. And in terms of the Chiefs coming in, is it really about three guys with the Chiefs? Is it really Mahomes, Kelsey, and make sure you're handling Jones inside defensively? I'd say yes, but I'd throw Legereus Sneed in there too. Fair. Because he is having a whale of a year. He's really been uh, – he's really stepped up a lot this year. They've uh, – they drafted uh, McDuffie a couple years ago, so those are their two corners, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been just so strong on the outside. He shut down a bunch of premier receivers uh, this year. The Chiefs are all talking about – all the Kansas City media has been talking about it, really pushing for him to get all pro votes. So I'd, I'd include him – and I think Rice is really turning into something. I don't know if Agreed. he's necessarily a cornerstone like what you're describing, but I think he's right on the edge of that. Yeah, he's getting there. You're exactly right. And uh, they've made some uh, – I mean, look, they've had to make some shrewd choices. They let go Tyree Kill, and to this point, it hasn't really burned Kansas City. Yep. We will circle back and start to get to the uh, the key points of this game coming up in uh, about 15 minutes from now. 
But we did have three games yesterday. But, Arkan, we also had a Thursday night game that turned into an utter disaster for the Los Angeles Chargers. They were down 42 nothing at the half. They lose 63-21. to And I know this does add into sort of all the talk and everything around the intrigue that is Bill Belichick in terms of potentially moving another team. But I'm curious for your thoughts on Thursday night how – it took that moment. That was like the watershed moment where the people running the Chargers were like, okay, this is finally enough with Brandon Staley. Yeah. And you and it I. It was their Germany game. Well, there. yeah, and you and I are part of the degenerati. We would be betting on things like, you know, first coach fired or next coach right. fired. And a lot of people had Staley out of the jump at the beginning of the year to be the first guy to get fired. You want to hear something sad? Oh, no. You went in, you went back in on it after? I didn't go back in on okay. that. Just a sad fact about the season is that two coaches have been fired and the Patriots lost to both of them. Oh, man. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that just a sad no, thing? that's a great, you know what, it's <laughs> a great point. and uh, Staley, My who both God. just blew games left and right this year, and the Patriots <laughs> suffered losses to both of those coaches. Like, that That just, you know, that sort of hits you. They, that, that puts things in perspective a little bit, doesn't it? Watch them both be Bill's <laughs> coordinators next year somewhere else. Hey, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't think that is uh, too far or too oh, crazy. Matt, Matt it, Patricia's out there, don't worry. The they, sense of, well, he's not leaving Philly, I don't think. You don't think? If I was, I was him, I wouldn't. That's a real team right there. No, it's a team he, that's going somewhere. But he's just a lowly linebackers coach now. That's true. Yeah, he, he's he got to get back in the coordinator game if he wants another crack of being a head coach. Uh, speaking of linebackers coaches, the Chargers didn't just fire Staley, and they didn't just fire Telesco, who, by the way, I think is a good GM, and I think he's just getting caught up in this because they're clearing space for a Bill Belichick type. That's what I think is happening here. They also fired... I want to say it was the outside linebackers coach or some linebackers coach uh, or defensive assistant or something like that. I forget exactly what the guy's title was. But after the big firings, like later in the day, I remember Schefter and Rapshi, a couple other people were like, oh, and the Chargers also fired this guy. And I'll look up his name now because I forgot to do that. But, like, he... He's another sort of defensive mind, a, a person in that side of the building, a person whom, if you bring in Bill Belichick, probably has a job that's kind of redundant. You know, like that's that's the point, I think, of, what, of what's going on here. I think the Chargers, we know they're cheap. We know their ownership group is cheap and is not going to shell out a ton of money for Bill to be the head coach but they might shell it out for him to be the head coach, GM, and defend whatever the hell this guy was. And, you know? and look at him as as much an executive as he is a head coach, which is kind of my pitch, or at least the way I think Washington might look at Bill Belichick as well if they are so interested. And you're right. If they just got rid of the coach and kept Tom Telesco, you would have been like, okay, maybe they're not really uh, right. overhauling. When they blew both of them out, it was, uh-oh, all right, now L.A. might be in it. And if we're to go by some of the rhetoric that has been out there or reports connected the last year supposedly the chargers really wanted sean payton but they didn't want to pay right. the money so now i wonder if they look at it and say okay now this is a guy and i think it's a really astute point from you think about it if 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 sean payton who granted has control in denver don't get me wrong but he's at 18 million a year and pretty much the majority of it it feels like with him is to be the head coach but would you pay 20 million a year or a little bit more to have somebody that would come in and also kind of run that personnel department and what I mean by run it is you come in and you set up the structure in the organization right. and I think that's what Carolina's got to look at too that if they're interested in Belichick don't just look at him as a head coach because he does have that contract here for one more year, so he's got a negotiating point. And if you're bringing in Belichick, you're kind of saying, all right, 
We're going to give you what you need to get you here. Do you think there's any smoke to the fire since the Steelers lost yesterday to the Colts 30-13? to 13? There's a lot ugly of Ugly showing from them, by uh, the Very way. ugly, yeah. no doubt. Well, they... they when they, they had one safety get thrown out, and then I think on the very next play, Minka Fitzpatrick gets hurt. So they were playing with, I think, like the fourth string safety and a special teams guy. I felt bad for that safety. I know he was he was the one who delivered the hip, yep. but like, you got this guy stretching out like 10 yards. He, he couldn't really go anywhere. Like, he was going for the ball, too. He couldn't really pull up at that mm-hmm. point. Like, there was nothing that safety could have done when Pittman's in a Laid full extension like in t- 10 yards. And it's just sort of like, ah, you know, like, I guess it's targeted. I guess. But that I felt bad for the safety there. I know that's weird, but like I just I didn't. No, I thought I'm, he kind of got screwed. There. I'm with you. And remember, there was the I know I'm going college here, but the Boston College kid who launched himself like a missile and that got was that the penalty. most incredible uh, targeting I've ever seen. <laughs> that is tar- <laughs> right to your point. Like that is targeting. It's like a missile. A, a wide receiver <laughs> yeah. diving for a ball and the safety can't pull up. Like right. what is he supposed to do in that instance? So I'm totally with you. So the Steelers were definitely hurting a little bit. But uh, there are rumblings that maybe the Steelers would listen if people called on Tomlin. Mm. I I think that would be nutty. However, uh, I wonder if it isn't just Bill Belichick that teams are going to call about. Because I think if you're doing your due diligence and you're going to get a head coach or you need a head coach, you at least have to call Pittsburgh, I would think, and see if Tomlin is available under the Theo Epstein rule, which is, okay, after about a decade, you start to look to, I think, uh, not only rejuvenate yourself, but rejuvenate your organization. It would be unstealer like but it would also be stealer like for them to say, oh, you're offering us a what for Tomlin? Okay, yeah. here you go. Yeah, absolutely. And Tomlin is two decades younger than Bill Belichick. So I Crazy. Think that, I played know. against Tomlin in college. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, he was <laughs> at William May. We went to William & Mary in 94 and I think he started up the I think he might have suited up as either one of their starting wide receivers or like their third wide receiver that day yeah his career uh yeah okay so yeah because he got a sociology degree in 1995 <laughs> so there you go yeah, that's right he, he was a William and Mary guy holy very cow. cool um he uh he's someone who I think is going to get a lot of attention if that's what they end up uh, doing because unlike Bill Belichick, if you're a team like Carolina or you're a team like Washington, a team that's not really close, you know, I look at those teams, I don't really think they're close, especially not the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Like the Panthers are really rebuilding. I mean, they they tore it down to the studs basically yep. and have this young quarterback. And I sort of feel like if you're if you're the ownership group there, you look at someone like Bill Belichick, who's accomplished more than Mike Tomlin, obviously, but is 72 years old. Or someone like Tomlin, who's accomplished a lot in his own right and has never had a losing season and has won a Super Bowl and was an assistant for another one and, you know, is definitely a a coach that players like and think, you know, who's going to be in this for the long haul? Who's going to see this through? Who's going to make sure that Bryce Young or if we have to move on from him, the next guy or whatever, like who's going to be around for the next iteration of this? Because if you're bringing in Bill Belichick, you're basically just bringing him in for whatever Bryce Young is and that's it. And if the team can't be something more than that around him, then Bill Belichick's kind of pointless. You know what I mean? Like why, why have someone that that costs that much and bring him in if you're only going to be around him for three, four years? In the case of Tomlin, you know that you can keep him around at least until, uh, you know, 
know, the, the next thing comes up, or if it really goes south, then you move on from him. But you know that he'll be able to see it through beyond just, you know, a year or two or three or whatever it is that Bill continues to coach for. Yeah, I think if you're bringing in Bill Belichick, you're probably getting a coach for X amount of time, and then it becomes Parcells-like, whereas yeah. he becomes the guy to oversee it. The senior advisor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or president of the team or whatever. And that's the thing that I, I was like, listen, if, if you're really interested in Bill Belichick, to me, that's the thing you kind of dangle to him is, oh, you want to be a team president as well? You'd like to get that title? then that's a way to entice him. Here's the crazy thing with Tomlin. We have not heard a report or anything about Mike Tomlin wanting to have control of personnel. True. So I think it it makes Tomlin, for some organizations, a little more enviable because, A, you can keep an existing structure in place if you like it, and, B, the price point's going to be less. Yeah. I just looked it up. Tomlin is making $12.5 million, fifth highest paid coach in the NFL. Yeah, and 50% of what Bill's making. That's right. right? Yeah. And that's the thing, that if you're bringing in Bill, you know you're getting someone to do two jobs, but you're paying double the money. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if Tomlin has any interest in wanting to do personnel. The guy has never uttered it. And in Pittsburgh, they're not going to give that up anyway. That organization has always been, we're going to separate church and state and never right. give one person. They'll have a lot of influence, but they don't have the final say which is what bill has here in terms of where does the buck stop so it is interesting uh some of those games yesterday were uh, a little ugly the vikings uh bengals game got interesting late it went to overtime bengals ended up winning colts blew out the steelers and then what happened to the broncos yesterday mm, i didn't it, it was it just as simple as Lions got hot. What did Goff had three touchdown passes early, and then because I admit I got I was into a UFC 296. There were people beating the bag out of each other in that pay per view last night. I saw a highlight of some guy getting knocked out cold in the first round. I don't know That's, who that was, but that guy looked like that guy looked like he needed oh no, some there medical were, attention. There yeah. were definitely a couple of uh, of hard KOs, and even uh, the, honestly, the worst fight of the night was the main event between really? Leon Edwards and Colby Covington. Oh, but, that's but, Trump's guy, right? But, oh. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God! Yeah. Did he, he win? So, oh no, no, <laughs> no, no. Colby Covington was was an underdog to me. He had no. Uh, Colby Covington has never beaten a ranked UFC opponent yet. He was in a main event, so they do them all up. They check him up, and normally that's when the guys go in the ring. Nope, Covington walked up the steps, duped everybody, went over, like gave some love to Trump, then went in the ring, got the <laughs> crap boot out of him. Oh my God, it was something else. That's funny. And right before the pay per view, they had Dana White walk out with Trump, and. Uh, you could hear like half of the crowd kind of rise up, and then the other half were like, "No, no, no, we need to boo, we need to boo!" <laughs> and people like are split in T-Mobile Arena when that guy walked. And out. then Bill Burr's wife flipped everyone off. That's right, Bill Burr's <laughs> wife flipped everyone off, and then uh, and then Dana White threw him out, and then yeah. said, "No, no, you, Bill, you can stay. You're funny. Your wife's got to get the hell out of here." Yeah. So we had some games yesterday, and of course we've got the Patriots and the Bills today. Uh, there is the Bill Belichick story, and then there is the the actual game itself. Uh, we'll get into all that. Arcan has got your trending on WEEI Football Sunday. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. Sunday kind of love. A love to last past. Let's get into your Sunday storylines here on WEI Football Sunday is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Have a car you need to donate? Contact Cars for Kids today. Go to carsforkids.com. Uh, our guy uh, Cadlick will join us from uh, down at Gillette here in uh, mere moments, but uh, what is objective one, Arcan, for the Patriots today in terms of trying to get a win? Trying to get a win, I would say uh, you have to continue with what you were, what was working for you last week on offense, and that is uh, the passing game, the play-action game, and trying to run against Chris Jones, which is not going to be easy, and trying to throw on uh, on that secondary. The Chiefs really did a nice investment in the offensive line and the defense this offseason, and we'll get to that again at, uh, at 11-20. But what they sort of lack in weapons now, and Rice is good, but I mean, you know, outside of, outside of Kelsey, they're a little thin there. Uh, what they lack in weapons they sort of made up for in other areas on the team. So I think that if you're talking about really attacking the Chiefs and, and going right at them, they're a little bit on tilt right now. I feel like a quick a quick score, sort of getting them on the uh, on the defensive, getting them on their heels early in the game is the only real way to go about this. And think about it. I mean, the Patriots haven't won a lot of games this year. The games they've won, I feel like they got out to leads. They did against Buffalo. Yep. Uh, they did against Pittsburgh. That's that's the key to this year. Yeah, I asked Dietrich Wise on uh, Friday. I was like, hey, what was it like to play with a lead? And it was <laughs> it was short of, oh, my God. But uh, it's, it's life-changing, especially for this defense, considering how close – They've had to play all year long. And look, it was a good opening drive by Zappi and crew. uh, And you had some guys making plays. Juju with his best catch as a Patriot. I mean, that's normally like one of those Hail Mary deals where they like wrap their hands around the guy and make the catch and everybody falls down. I'm sure Mac Jones was saying, where the hell is this? And I'm I'm sure there was a lot of that. Well, a lot of Patriot fans, I'm sure, when seeing that, were like, oh, my God, he caught it. Wait, he caught it? Yeah. Unfortunately, you may not see that today. Well, and then it got Juju kind of going a little bit. Juju's maybe not going to play today. uh, And that's a and that's a killer because lining up and and running against this uh, Kansas City group, I I almost wonder going in, Arcan, if it feels like this is going to be the all right, we're going to try to shrink the game. We're going to slow it down to a snail's pace. We got to hope we can hit some some third down throws. And in the first half, Bailey Zappi and the offense looked pretty good. Beneficiary of some field position. Yep. I thought the throw from Zappi to uh, Henry on the touchdown, dicey throw, but he threw it with conviction. A nice throw. That was a really good throw. Yeah. And he he stepped up and made it confidently. <laughs> yeah. And then in the second nice half. Nice play fake on that throw. Oh, uh, very much so. Yeah. And uh, and uh, Henry ran a really good route, and the safety kind of froze. I'll tell you, now that you look at it, the Steelers in their safety play, Minka Fitzpatrick is pretty good, but after that, it it has not been great, and that number thirty eight, the guy who's like the he's like the Kyle Duggar of the Patriots of the uh, Steelers defense, that kid Walker. Yeah, yeah, they abused him in the first half, and then in the second half, it became some of the stuff that we've seen before. Here's a drop. Here's a penalty. Here's a sack on third down. 
Here's a bad throw that's an incompletion. Somebody makes a drop. Oh, there's the interception. Now the coaches get nervous. They call the game differently. And in the first half, it was like, wow, this is functional. And in the second half, it was like, well, they became the Patriots once again. You mentioned that the Steelers' defense was a part of bringing them back in the game and sort of what did you see in the second half that was different than the first half in that Pittsburgh game? Um, in terms of the Patriots and yeah. the way they called it, I think it just was another classic case of them uh, trying not to make mistakes Manage and getting the lead, very conservative, right? yeah. yeah, and trying not to give it uh, back. And I understand. I mean, you don't you, you have a lead like that. What's a great way to give the lead back? Oh, pick six or something mm-hmm. like that. And the Patriots this year have a lot of pick six PTSD from Mac Jones, and that's just you know that was a problem that he really had this year. And they're worried that Zappy is not at his level. I think. They still deep down kind of feel that way. I think in a lot of cases here, I mean, Bailey Zappi's clearly, I think, the quarterback for the rest of the season. I don't know if you've come around on that or not, but I think he's earned the job for the rest of the year. But I'm not sure in that building that there's much belief in him still. I think it's just kind of all right, he's the guy, and you know, we'll we'll go on with this while we can. But I don't think that there's I don't think that there's some big groundswell of support. And I'm not talking about the players, because I do think a lot of these players on the offensive side are relieved to not have Mac out there anymore. But I'm talking about like coaches, O'Brien, that that type of th- those type of people. It yeah. just doesn't. It, I don't get the sense that it's that it's really taken hold yet. It know? feels like there's a lot of we're just managing whatever the game situation is. If we're down, we're still going to call passes, but it's going to be kind of conservative. We'll try to scheme it up. Hopefully, we get a big play. But you're right. Like with the lead, they're going to call the game differently mm. when they're you know when it's close. Or if the quarterback throws a pick, like that's really what it is. You know, it feels like they could be up 10, but if whomever is in there throws an interception, oh my God, that's when the coaches kind of tighten up. Let's go to our guy, uh, Mike Cadlick, WEI.com. He covers the Patriots for us. He is uh, with us on the Harbor One hotline. Uh, Cadlick, what's the, what's it like down there? Are you even there yet? I am not even there yet, Gresh. Uh, the Swifties are out in full force. I am in bumper-to-bumper traffic, not even off the exit, still sitting on 95. So uh, it's uh, looking like we're uh, we're going to have a packed house. I don't know if it's for the game itself or it's for uh, Taylor in the box. But, uh, yeah, not, not down to Gillette yet. It'll be there soon. All right. Uh, go ahead, Arkane. Mike, where do you fall on the uh, on the source-off between your guy Tommy Kern and, uh, and this new report from Ian Rappaport? Who do you stand with? I'm Team Tom all day on this one. Uh, I am hashtag Team Tom E. Curran. I think, uh, and not that I don't think um, I don't think rap sheets sitting there, you know, crafting anything up or making it up. I just think that uh, it's exactly that what you said, Arkand. It's a source war. I think uh, one side of the aisle, that being the the team and you know the ownership camp, if you will, is uh, feeding some intel to Tom, and you know they probably have their minds just about made up that it's probably going to be the end. And that's sort of how Tom tried to word it. And uh, I'm sure that Bill's camp and whoever whoever that may be is probably feeding stuff to Rappaport saying, well, a decision ain't made yet. And, you know, we haven't heard anything and there hasn't been a conversation. So uh, according to us, there has been no decision made. So um, I, I do think that we're probably seeing the second to last Bill Belichick coach team uh, play at Gillette Stadium today. That's my opinion from uh, – from who, again, I, I trust in this source-off. So uh, we'll see what happens. Things can change. They could go and beat down on Mahomes and Kelsey, and Zappi could throw for four touchdowns. And, uh, again, minds can change. But I, I from where we stand, I, uh, 
I do. I trust Tom on this one. I think it's probably close to the end here for Belichick. Catholic, what do you make of the fact that players are willing to acknowledge that they have heard the noise and that there have people who have come out and said, hey, you know, this isn't fair to Bill. He's still the same guy. All of that kind of stuff. Normally, the outside noise doesn't get addressed by pretty much anybody in that locker room. But whether it was Matt Slater, Dietrich Wise with us, we've asked Adrian Phillips, we've asked everybody, and they've been like, nope, Bill's Bill. Uh, what do you make of the fact that the players are even acknowledging this? Yeah, it's interesting. Like you said, it's not something we've really seen from this team for a while. They sort of say, you know, what noise? What are you talking about? I haven't heard anything. But uh, they're definitely, you know, they're backing their guy. And I think, you know, you mentioned Phillips and Wise on, you know, on our airwaves too. But, like, even Jabril Peppers a few weeks ago saying that, uh, I think it was after they lost uh, lost the close one to, I want to say it was the Chargers. And he was like, no, Bill puts us in position. He game plans and he knew exactly what was going to happen in this game, and we just didn't execute it. So we put it on the players. He didn't put it on the coach. And I think I think what they say is true. I think he's a, still a high-quality football coach. Um, I just think his, you know, general manager of powers and the way he buys the groceries, I just don't think he's that good at it. And, uh, again, I think that it shows with what Pepper said because he put the game plan in place and they knew what was going to happen against L.A., but they just didn't have the horses to compete with them and get it done. So, um, I do, overall, I think it is an interesting point, like you said, Gresh, that they're back in their guy and they think that he can still coach. But uh, if he can take some help in the in the front office department, then maybe he sticks around. But um, we'll, we'll obviously see how that plays out. But no, I just think they uh, they they still like Bill as a coach in that locker room. Mike, what do you uh, what do you make of this game for Bailey Zappi? And also, we know that Zappi wasn't able to beat out Mac Jones in practice up until really up until. Uh, Mac Jones sort of threw his way out of out of the starting role, but in terms of Zappy, like, is he improving? Like, do you think that since he got the starting role, do you get the sense that he's uh, improved in that regard? A little bit. I mean, I think we have to take everything that happened last week with a grain of salt. I think people have sort of sort of started to do that. Like, yeah, he played pretty well, but he only played well for thirty, really, not even thirty minutes of football. The second throw to Hunter Henry. Seven out of ten times, that's probably picked off or not put in the perfect spot. So, like, um, the overall with Zappy, I think I kind of I wrote this, this this week for WEI.com that okay, the Patriots have something in Bailey Zappy, and everyone went ballistic thinking I was trying to say that he's their next guy, and all I meant was that there's there's something there, and is it you know tangible on the football field? Not really, but they're gravitating towards him. Players feel confident with him. Mike Reese wrote this morning that uh, he was named like a Patriot of the Week from Bill Belichick. So there's something there with him for the rest of the season. What is he playing for right now? Maybe a backup role in the near future. But if they sort of clean house here anyway, they might just bring in their own whole quarterback room. So um, I do think he's improving a little bit. I think, you know, having some weeks of actual practice reps with the first-team offense has helped them a little bit. And you saw that in the first half against Pittsburgh. But – um, I don't think he's all of a sudden some world-beater quarterback. No, I think you're going to see some regression to the mean this week against the Chiefs. If Juju is out, how does that change things for Zappi, if at all? Um, I mean, they clearly had a little something going last week. Juju, you know, played pretty well. He only had four catches, but he had like 90-something yards. You saw some of that yards-after-catch ability um, that he was sort of touted for for coming here and replacing Jacoby Myers for, so... Um, he'll miss him a little bit. I think they sort of got a rapport going. But you get Devontae Parker back, who, say what you will about Parker, him and Zappi has sort of had a thing over the last couple of years when Zappi's played. So 
maybe he can get him going. You're going to have Demario Douglas back out of concussion protocol, so he can sort of be your possession slot receiver. And I, frankly, I'd rather him over Juju right now, anyway. So um, he might miss him a tad just for a security blanket type thing. But if you can still find, you know, Parker and Douglas in this offense, you might be able to sort of replicate what they did last week. Mike, what do you make of the Patriots? Not all of them, but a certain Patriots social media activity on Thursday night when Jack Jones had that one-handed pick six, and yeah. it seemed like the entire defense was uh, really, really happy for him. Uh, you, you take anything away from that? I just think that, you know, players are players, and that players appreciate what players do, and I think that um, they probably, deep down, they all probably know that Jack Jones made his fair share of mistakes here, and that um, maybe, you know, like I said, deep down, they don't think he deserves to, you know, still be here because he made those mistakes. But he's also, you know, a guy who worked, worked hard with them and grinded with them for however long he was here. And to see him go and succeed elsewhere, they're probably happy for him. Um, Matthew Judon also said, like, you know, we knew you could ball or something along those lines. A bunch of other guys said, like, you know, uh, but all that stuff. So I, I don't think there's really – an animosity towards the Patriots for getting rid of them. I think, again, deep down, they probably understand that it happened. Jalen Mills, there was a little animosity in his. He was like, wow, you see what happens when a coach believes in you or whatever he said. I mean, there was a little animosity there. I thought about that one. There, there was a little, there was a little something, a little knife twist with the Jalen Mills tweet. But everything else seemed like they were just happy for their guy. So, uh, the, the Mills one was definitely interesting. I also thought it was interesting that uh, we were in the locker room on Friday. And the second we left the locker room, like twenty, like ten minutes later, Mills tweeted that. So probably nobody could ask him about it either. I thought that was kind of interesting. It is interesting too because Mills chose to come back here, did he not? Like they cut him, they let yeah. him go, they repurposed his position, they signed him to a new contract. He still came here, and he's been wolfing. Yeah, that that was kind of interesting. I don't know. I think it was a one year deal, so he's probably might see the writing on the wall. But the writing on the wall was there for him last year, as you mentioned, Grash. So. Um, I don't know. He he's always he seems to say the right things when you know when we talk to him and he, he talks about the Patriots in good light. So I did. I found that that tweet interesting. Maybe he's just uh, again. Maybe he just sees like he's probably out of here. And again, he was probably just boys with Jack Jones. That's that's kind of my take on it. Uh, your take on the Malik Cunningham situation, the phenom that never was. Yeah. Um, I mean, I agree with what Bill Belichick said this week, and that. He's a better fit with Baltimore in that system. Not only did he play with Lamar Jackson and sort of uh, a similar, again, system and offense they ran at Louisville, but uh, they really cater that offense to, you know, the, the running quarterback, the athlete who can, you know, zone read and run it himself and make plays with his legs. And uh, so I think it's it's that. It's, a, it's the right fit. And I don't think the Patriots saw Malik Cunningham as a quarterback. They saw him as a wide receiver. He was always—he was never in a red practice jersey. He was always in a white one. He was always wearing two gloves. He was always lining up with the, with the wide receivers. And I think Cunningham, deep down, probably wants to and thinks he's a quarterback who can who can play similar football to Lamar Jackson. So uh, it just seems like an overall better fit for him. And I—if uh, the Patriots really wanted to pony up, they probably could. But I just don't think they saw the vision for him as a quarterback. So. Um, does it stink? Yeah, because they shelled out it again. They shelled out a decent amount of change from in the off season, but that doesn't, you know, that's pennies compared to what some other people make. So, uh, is it a bummer that they couldn't get him going as a wildcat package? Yeah, but um, at the end of the day, that's not the uh, that's not the system they want to run here. They want to run a uh, a decision making pocket passer type scheme here at least for the next four weeks. So uh, it just didn't it just wasn't going to work here for him as a quarterback. 
Let's end where we started. We started with, uh, well, after Taylor Swift, it got into Belichick. But <laughs> let's end with Belichick. Do these four games matter to his future as at least one person has reported, as we now have to ask questions as to which side of the street reported what? Yeah, um, I, I do think they matter, um, but I still think at the end of the day it's a long shot. Like, again, like I said before, if they go 4-0 and and they're scoring 45 points a game and Bailey Zappi looks like Joe Burrow, then, you know, maybe maybe Jonathan and Robert look at each other and say, well, maybe we can still repurpose this and talk to him and see see what we can do. But, you know, outside of that, I, I, I do still think it's pretty pretty much over unless Bill can, again, do some things these next couple of weeks. And when they finally have the conversation, Bill can sort of bring his dossier of, things that I've done this year, and this is how we can fix it. Um, so they matter. Obviously, the games matter. But at the end of the day, I still think the writing is pretty much on the wall for him here. I really do. All right, Catholic, how's this go today? I think it's going to be closer than, than people want to make it out to be. I think the spread moved from like 10.5 to 8.5 this yeah. week. Um, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs are in a little bit of a – obviously a little bit of a rut, losing two straight for the first time in a few years. Mahomes flipping out on the sideline for the first time. I've ever seen that. He's always sort of been, you know, a consummate pro. So they're sort of rattled, which I think could bode badly for the Patriots. But I also think that, you know, that offense with the Chiefs just isn't – you know, it's not the offense we used to see. Like, you know, Kelsey's pretty good. Whatever they, everybody else is kind of they're not they're not helping out Mahomes. So uh, I think it'll be close, but ultimately I, I say it's like a I'll call it twenty four fourteen Chiefs. They score late and you know make it to a ten point game. So Chiefs cover, but uh, I think the path will hang around for a little while. All right, Catholic, have fun, friend. Enjoy all of the uh, Swifties down there. Thanks, fellas. Can't wait. We'll talk to you next week. All right, See you, Mike. man. There goes uh, Mike Catlick with us on the Harbor One Hotline. You can read him at uh, com. You know this over-under is 38 and a half for a Chiefs game? Really? Yeah. I know that... Uh, Flex that on Monday night and an under 40 over-under. <laughs> you would think that if the weather were moving in earlier, that would push it down. But boy, oh boy. Mm. Either, well, that's either... People are reacting to the Chiefs in the moment, or people think that the Patriots just are not going to score whatsoever. Yeah, and the Patriots' defense. I mean, listen, the Patriots' defense has been one of the best defenses in the league yeah. the last you know month and a half or so. I know they weren't great in the second half against Pittsburgh, but statistically, you know that's how they that's how they put these formulas together. So it doesn't shock me, I guess. Um, normally, we would have Coach Wiggins here, but Coach Wiggins was ho ho hoing with uh, Greg the Greg Hill Show and Ernie Bach and everybody on uh, Friday. So uh, why don't we take a I look? Think we, I think we do have Coach. Oh, we do. I we think we do. We, we do. Yep. Oh my! It's a God. Christmas miracle, Greg. It is all right. Chime did his job, so we'll get to Coach Wiggins next. We are right back to Weei Football Sunday on Weei. It's a Christmas miracle. It really is. Call Bob Cratchit. Call Tiny Tim. Unbelievable, because I would have <laughs> Call the bet, ghost the Christmas past. I mean, think about it. They were uh, The Greg Hill Show was on the road on Friday. Wiggy was more interested in driving a high-end car from Ernie Bach. Which I don't blame him for that either, by the way. That would be pretty cool. He finally let Wiggy in there. Well, they had to get the one with the seat that could go all the way back. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, so they get Wigs in. The, and Gangsta I'm, lean. 
And I'm thinking, oh, my God, there was food there. He'd be completely distracted. Shine was back here. He was too busy waiting to get, you know, all his picks in. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking there ain't no chance we're going to get a Coach Wiggins. Well, hot damn. Here is the first of Jermaine Wiggins' three keys to a Patriots win against Kansas City. I can't wait to hear this. What up, everybody? Coach here. My three keys to the game this week. Number one, you got to make sure you don't let Patrick Mahomes kill you with extended plays. That's a new one. All right. It was yeah. specific to Patrick it Mahomes. Was. It took it. He added it at the end because you, you had the yeah. reaction. It's like, don't let Mahomes kill you with extended with plays. With extended plays. Right. And that's, you know what? That's how he kills you. He, he gets outside the pocket. He makes moves with his feet. Very good in the pocket there. You can't let him do that. All right. Well, and a, right, lot of, a lot of people look at movement and think that it is like Lamar Jackson movement. The real artists, I think, at quarterback are the guys that escape in the pocket. Like yeah. Brady was always good at that. Mahomes is at good it, at yeah. that. And it's it's not the oh run around. Yeah, yeah. Those Well, that, not this year, but Well, yeah. <laughs> oh hey, listen, you never know. Apparently he is cleared as of That's next true. week. That'd be pretty pretty wild if he came back. That thing's gonna this year. pop again. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. all right, here is Coach Wiggins key number two. Number two key of the game, got to be able to run the football to be able to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. All right, the so old chestnut. The yep. Yep. Shrink the game, all that. Yep. Run the ball. I'll tell you what. You think they lean on Zeke this week like they did last week? They do. They yeah. they, they kind of have to. And quite honestly, why not at this point? He has completely shocked me. Like, I thought he would be good. I worried about the attitude with Zeke. But, man, he's been great. Like, that's a guy I want them to keep around. But I don't know if he made himself some money in the offseason. I would imagine. I mean, listen, I don't think he made himself some big contract like a Jonathan Taylor or McCaffrey or something like that. He's not going to get paid like that. But he'll hang around. I mean, I think he showed this year that he's still got something left in the tank. And you're going to have to go to him because the only other running backs you have on the roster right now are uh, Jermichael Hasty and Kevin Harris. So, uh, I mean, that's right. I don't think you really have too many other options. And he also caught the ball well and moved well in space mm-hmm. last week within the uh, in the passing game, which I was surprised I've by, I've become too. a big fan of Zeke. His attitude's been great, and he's played his ass off. All right, finally, from Coach Wiggins, number three. And number three, the most important, Bailey Zappi. Do not turn the football over. Be smart. Be conservative with it. Take your shots when they're there, but don't force nothing. That's the coach, and I'm out. There you go. Boo, coach Wiggins. Boo. I want him to take chances. I want him to air it out. <laughs> I want to unleash the dragon today, Bailey Zappi. I want to see I want to see all the throws. He's going to show off for Taylor Swift. You know he is. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Well, I mean, listen. Even though he said he wasn't a fan, he was trying to like he, he was trying be to next. be like negative, you know? That's oh, like yeah. that's a whole strategy. I, uh, trying to win the affections of a young lady. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> now been the burgeoning controversy of uh Taylor Swift owning that house down in Westerly. Because uh, when we did America's broadcast, I know that the Coop and others uh, sort of pushed back against me and Courtney saying, oh, no, she still got that house. And then Coop went online and looked up and said that she sold it. But then again, there were, I guess, photos from the house yesterday about the lights were on or whatever, and she's close. And I don't know whether she owns it well, or if doesn't. if she sold the house and the lights were on, it just means the new owners were home. I it guess. I don't know. That's the thing. Like, uh, uh, trust me, the people that live in Watch Hill – they're not the kind of folks that are going to uh, you would think be up here during the winter time. That, that's like right. the uh, that's the that's the uh, that's the summer home for <laughs> a lot of those people down in Watch Hill, and normally they're in a tax haven of like South Carolina or Florida. Sure. Now there is a uh, account on Twitter that follows Taylor Swift's private jet. Oh boy! Evidently, and I have not uh, followed up to make sure that this was true or not. So I probably should have done that before I started talking about it. On that's the radio. all right. Nonetheless. 
what I just saw implies that uh, Taylor Swift's private jet was in Rhode Island today. So, Oh, there you go. So there you go. And the Westerly Airport is very small. And I would dare say that if a private jet went rolling in there, mm-hmm. uh, it's not the people who would have owned, like, Bess Eaton Donuts back in the day. You would think it would be uh, Taylor Swift. and uh, Because, like, Block Island's not that far away. So if you had your own private jet and you were just going to the block, you would go there. Even though apparently this storm that we're getting tomorrow is going to, you know, mm. end up causing big problems or uh, or whatnot. But this is, uh, oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, 14 minutes ago. Yep. Taylor Took off Swift. from New York, headed to Rhode Island. Holy cow, closer to Foxborough. I love how they wrote that. <laughs> they really don't, people don't know where Westerly is. I mean, you might as well be in Connecticut, for God's sakes. Hmm. Um, how many uh, times do they show her on the broadcast? I would imagine they show her no fewer than she probably a gets dozen five. times, I'd oh, say. A dozen. I think you're going to get lot. up to like 12. I think you're going to get 12 mentions. I think she's going to be prominently featured. So if Kelsey scores, that's a definite cutaway there, mm-hmm. I would think, right? Yep. If he makes a big play, it's a definite cutaway there. Do they get her in before the game? Like the whole, oh, look, Taylor's here. Yeah, her here. walking through the bowels of the stadium. Of course, okay. yeah, absolutely. Because right. oh, sure I'm thinking in the luxury suite, but that's a good call. The, 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 the CBS will have those cameras down there. Hell, they caught uh, they caught um, Mike Vrabel, for God's sake, <laughs> walking in like Bum Phillips. You see that? He had like the big 10-gallon yeah. hat on or whatever. And by the way, I have no problem with Taylor Swift getting all this coverage. I enjoy the Taylor Swift coverage. I honestly do. I'm not a big fan of her music, but she's, you know, good looking. I like those Aaron Andrews fanatics outfit she wears, you know, yeah. with the cheese studs. She's, she does it for me. Like, I'm I'm fine with all this uh, with all this Taylor Swift stuff. I'm with you. <laughs> Very easy on the eyes. The yeah. music, I can take it or leave it, but uh, it's a good story. Are, is their relationship fake? Yes. You think? Yes, I think it is. Oh my God, you're in the. I Fourier. find it to be very, very phony. You're in the. Uh, you're in the Fourier camp. On From the this. very beginning, I thought it seemed very phony. You know what's going to happen is <laughs> he made her like a friendship. They, they could be together like ten. They could be together ten years, get married, then get divorced, and people would be like, "See, I told you it was phony." Hey, you know it's if like that they happens, they have to I'll, beat the odds now. I'll stand down, but I'm. I'm sorry. Like the whole thing from the very beginning seemed very beneficial to both sides. From. More than just, you know, the love standpoint. And, like, when you're that famous, falling in love, I don't even think that is the same thing. For that level of fame, I don't even think that exists. There is Everything's a, a business transaction when you're that famous. You're right. There's definitely, like, it's uh, it's twofold. Yeah. There's the business mind, and then there's what the heart would say. And, you know, whenever you're talking about, oh, I don't know, she did a, she did a tour worth a billion dollars. Holy hell. Right. Like, that's just insane when you think about it. Uh, Tommy Kern had some news that some thought was a little insane. He didn't. We'll talk about that in this game. And how important are the next couple of weeks? We'll get to all that with Tommy next on WEEI Football Sunday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 